When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's going on, everybody, and welcome in to Commanding the Huddle. I am your host, Ryan Fowler, and welcome in to a Week 8 preview of the Washington Commanders hosting the 6-1 Philadelphia Eagles at FedEx Field. Our already second time seeing the Philadelphia Eagles, and hopefully, when it comes to round 4.15, 4.30 on Sunday afternoon, Washington is back to 500, 4-4, four and 1-2 four, and and in the division. But if you guys listen to the post-game podcast following Washington's ugly, disgusting 14-7 loss against the Giants at MetLife in Week 7, my expectations this week are null. I don't expect anything from the Burgundy and Gold because that is what we've seen, not just especially... In the last, in two of the last three weeks, an ugly loss in prime time against the Bears, and win on the road against an average Falcons football team, and a disgusting showing of effort and unpreparedness against the Giants on the road. That's two of the last three weeks. And then now you head into Week Eight already. Week Eight, so you're wrapping up the second quarter of the NFL campaign. And where do you go? You lose this game. There are no cupcakes after this. You travel to New England, to where New England's going to be prepared to play football. I promise you that. And then right after that, you travel out to Seattle. So quickly, after a two-game road trip, traveling to Atlanta or New York, you come home for one game against a 6-1 Eagles team, and you guys know that there are going, there's going to be a lot of Kelly Green and the lower bowl at FedEx Field. That's what it's been since the early 2000s. There's been no reason for Burgundy Gold Faithful to continue to show up the FedEx Field because the last time they were there, 40-20 to 20 blowout against the Chicago Bears. A game that was huge in the early portions of this season and for ownership trying to get people out to FedEx Field, flat out. And Washington crapped the bed. But quickly now, already in Week 8, looking at Week 9 and Week 10, the next trio of games are huge. Because at 3-4 and four right now, you lose Sunday, you go to 3-5. and five. And quickly, if you lose your next two games after that, you're 3-7. and seven, Which is a very, very big possibility, considering who the New England Patriots are and who the Seattle Seahawks are. A Seahawks team that's battling in the NFC West for a division title. They don't just want a wild card berth. Talented team on either side of the football. Added Jackson Smith and Jigbat receiver. Added Devin Witherspoon with the top 10 pick. Corner out of Illinois. 
We're going to get to them in a couple weeks. But quickly, Washington's gone from being a team above 500, right? Starting out the year 2-0, positive vibes, new ownership, Eric Bannemi, the relationship with Sam Howell, the operation and execution on the offensive side of the football. You are now 3-4. and four. And there is no direction right now, in my opinion, for this roster. Offense, defense, special teams, I don't know what to expect because every single week I've seen major lapses, not small things here or there. The offensive line this week, it does not look like left guard Sadiq Charles is going to play. He has not practiced all week. Is it Chris Paul? Is it Ricky Stromberg? Is it Tyler Larson? One thing I will say, whoever it is, good luck within the interior of this Washington front five. Because they could bring back the best guard of all time. They could try to recruit a Quentin Nelson or a Zach Martin. Bring them over for this week, and I don't think it will matter. The miscommunications up front, the inability to pick up any stunts and twists, an inability to block anybody one-on-one, let alone try to create vacant alleys for Brian Robinson, Chris Rodriguez, Antonio Gibson, whoever we see earn a carry within the tackles. There is no space. Washington does not have a J.D. McKissick type of ball carry to where he can slip through creases, get his feet going, and turn an extra 5 to 10 yards when a crease doesn't look there. Whether it's plowing through a crease or it's hitting something backside or making something happen, stretching a run concept east to west. Washington doesn't just run gap. They don't just run zone. They do a little bit of both. But a lot of it comes out of shotgun with Brian Robinson to the right or left hip of Sam Howell, and it's a zone read. And a lot of the time, he gets caught within a yard of the line of scrimmage right behind Nick Gates' backside because there's no push. Whether the guards are pulling or not, it doesn't matter. There's been no movement. And when you look at the game plan for this week against Philadelphia's defense, coming off an excellent performance against the arguably the most high-powered offense in all of football, in the Miami Dolphins, the way in which they get after the quarterback on passing downs and the way in which they clog gaps in the run game to where they can ask their defensive tackles to two-gap, meaning they can play either side of the center and either side of the guard, not just attacking one gap downhill. Then they allow their linebackers to flow. Then they have bodies on the outside in Darius Slay and James Bradbury that can play within the contact window and force guys to separate and force Sam Howell to make perfect throws. So, as was the game plan when Washington went up to Philadelphia, nearly what's going to be almost nearly a month exactly from when Washington traveled up to Lincoln Financial Field, an overtime loss to where Washington played really well in that football game. And you could really say that they should have won that football game, or could have won, but it shoulda, woulda, coulda. And the ball can bounce here or there for any team in any game. And you have to take advantage of the opportunities when you are given them. And Washington ultimately didn't in that ball game. Are they going to show up as that same team at home? I've told you guys a bunch. When Washington goes on the road or any divisional game, it's tough. It does not matter who you're playing. From the Eagles' perspective, I see that they're 6-1. and one. Okay, that's fine. But you still have to come in and execute a game plan, offense and defense. And I've seen lapses in this Philadelphia team in all three phases through the first seven weeks of the season. 
We've seen lapses everywhere from a lot of teams. The San Francisco 49ers looks like, look like they had no chunks in the armor the first month and a half of the year. Now they've lost two straight and people are questioning if the 49ers are for real or not. I promise you folks, they are for real. This is kind of that midway point of the season now where we're trying to separate the pretenders from the contenders and vice versa. But the Eagles obviously have talent. And talent is nice because you got it in Washington. But you have to execute. That is where teams separate themselves from being a below 500 football team to a little bit above average football team, a good fo- great football team, and then a piss poor, shitty football team. And right now, I would classify Washington as a shitty football team because of the execution that we're seeing. There is an just unpreparedness each week. They don't look inspired to play, and it takes them 30-plus minutes to wake up. There is too much talent in the NFL to come out slow every single week. I do not care what time the game starts. Once you kick off the game, you should be ready to go. The tempo is set in practice. It's not set in a pregame huddle by John Allen. If it takes you a whole week to put your uniform on and go out to the field and have to hear a speech from one of your teammates to get going, you're not playing the right sport and you're not in the right spot. And for me, if I'm Martin Mayhew and I'm making decisions from a roster perspective, I don't want you on my football team. I want you ready to go at whatever time. If I called on you at Tuesday at 6 o'clock to play a football game, I need you to be prepared, be prepared at that moment. And that's where the issues stem from for Washington so far in this 2023 campaign. I don't see them being prepared as a football team to face any team with any sort of talent, really, since we saw them against Philadelphia. You look at the game plan for Washington against the Eagles. Brian Robinson ran the ball 14 times. Sam Howell had six carries, did a nice job with his legs in that game. And Sam also threw it 41 times for 290 yards and a touchdown. He did not turn the ball over. That is huge for Washington this week. They win this football game, I feel a lot better moving into New England and to Seattle. Two games that I think Washington should be able to compete in and potentially win. I cannot say it enough how much talent there is in D.C. Guys, there is a lot of talent on the Washington Commanders 53-man roster. The injuries the last few weeks have started to pile up a little bit. We've seen Derek Forrest and Jeremy Reeves go on IR. Sadiq Charles is probably going to miss this game. Cody Barton hasn't practiced all week, so that's probably going to mean more Kali Hudson. What that also is going to mean is a lot more Quan Martin, most likely. As that hybrid safety linebacker, corner, in the shallow areas to the medium areas of this defense. He has to show up. On the perimeter, Benjamin St. Just was picked on a ton against the Giants. You look at Emmanuel Forbes this week. Do you throw him back out there? A game in which, right against Philadelphia, to where A.J. Brown welcomed him to the NFL. Bottom line, five snaps the last two weeks for Washington's first-round pick. Very talented kid, but he has to improve on his technicality at the position and get stronger. 
I am not asking him, guys, to get to 185, 190 pounds. I'm not asking him to do that. When you do that, you change a guy's entire frame. You change a guy's explosiveness, his flexibility in certain areas of his body. I'm not a doctor, not a physical therapist. But I do understand what it takes as an athlete to play at a high level. And scouting athlete at a high level to not just compete, but produce at the NFL level. And the small things right now in Emmanuel Forbes' game are what he needs to improve upon that are ultimately going to pave the way for snaps on Sunday. Because he flat out is not going to play if he continues to showcase his inability to work on his technicality on the outside. Flat out, doesn't matter where you're picked. Got to work on his eyes, his discipline, his footwork, his ability in the run game on the outside. I'm not asking you to engage with A.J. Brown, stack and shed, and make a tackle on the perimeter. If you just have to juke him and make a miss, and then make a play in the edge. I don't care how you do it, but do it. When you spend high draft capital on somebody like that in 2023 NFL, there are no more grace periods for rookies. First, second, third, fourth, fifth round. Guys got to come in and compete right away. The rookie class as a whole right now, away from Chris Rodriguez, has been extremely underwhelming. We have seen zero of KJ Henry, who's been completely inactive for most of the season. Ricky Stromberg, a couple depth reps within the interior. Chris Rodriguez, again, done a decent job when he gets opportunities, but wasn't active for a few weeks earlier in the year. Quan Martin, you guys know my thoughts there. Happy to see him active the last few weeks, making a couple plays early in the Giants game. But I need him on the field for more than 20% of defensive snaps. And the same is with Emmanuel Forbes. If that's their guy, which obviously he was, in this corner class. He was their second corner on the board behind Devin Witherspoon, from what I was told. And they obviously had a high grade on four specifically for his ability to take away the football. Turnover margin were the two words we heard all spring and summer long when it came to Emmanuel Forbes. We know he's got instincts. Ball skills off the charts. But if you can't stay with your man in coverage and you're People are playing bully ball against you, whether it's an A.J. Brown or it's a D.J. Moore with a smaller variety at the receiver position. You get beat like that consistently in man, and you're just not going to play. Maybe they play a little bit more zone when he's on the field, where he was best. You look at Mississippi State's defense over the last few years, a lot of cover three, working downhill, covering a third of the side of the field, working downhill, trusting his eyes. That's where Emmanuel Forbes is best. But you did draft him to play more man. And that's what they've done this year. But if it's not working, then get somebody in the building that can. And I've liked what I've seen from Benjamin St. Just and Kendall Fuller this year. When they play man. But the depth overall is not there at corner. Tariq Castro-Fields, Danny Johnson. I like Danny Johnson. He played in the slot, special teams for you. But he didn't draft him on day one. And he doesn't have the expectations entering this year like both Emmanuel and Quan. 
So it remains to be seen what the ultimate snap count for both of those guys, both of Washington's top 50 picks, is going to be in Week 8. But they're going to have to play in some capacity this week against a talented Eagles passing attack that absolutely is going to take their shots this week after what happened back in Week 4. Defensively for Washington, it starts up front as it does each and every week. Philadelphia's had a couple of bodies rotate within the front five these last few weeks with Sua Opeta getting a bunch of starts at right guard. Lane Johnson at right tackle. feel like he, he's been battling injury for the last decade, but he just plays and he dominates every single time he's out there at right tackle. Probably a future Hall of Famer for the Eagles, as is Jason Kelsey at center, one of the best to ever do it as the anchor of a front five. But they have to get after Jalen Hurts this week. And take him down when you have an opportunity. Arm tackles will not work. Attacking him from the arm side, making him rush out to his left, is going to be big this week. You saw it against the Dolphins multiple times. Jalen Phillips, Bradley Chubb, getting through the line of scrimmage and trying to wrangle down Jalen Hurts from the left side. What does he do? He sticks that left hand out, stiff arms you, keeps you away from him, and makes makes a throw in the run. Hell of a play, and you almost have to tip your cap, and what do you do? But pressuring him from his arm side and tackling the football, which is going to be big this week. Again, tackle the football. As an edge rusher, defensive tackle, linebacker, whoever gets a chance to tackle Jalen Hurts this week, arm tackles will not work. Tackle the football. Send pressure from his arm side. And in general, send pressure. Because Jalen Hurts... If you guys missed the pregame podcast back in week four, you can go back to that. Now, I previewed every single positional group for the Eagles, and I talked about Hurts and where he likes to make his money is in the intermediate areas of the offense. One yard beyond the line of scrimmage to 10 yards. Really, he lives within the chains and occasionally takes his deep shots. Of course, Philadelphia had a lot of success, a breakout game as far as a aerial deep Passing attack in week four. We've seen it a lot recently from Washington's defense, allowing offenses to get going where everybody seemingly has a record day. Justin Fields, DJ Moore, Marvin Mims as a rookie from Oklahoma in the Denver game. In that first half, somebody gets going seemingly every week. But we've already seen it from A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith. The Eagles added Julio Jones last week as another receiver. Now, he's not expected to play 80% of the offensive snaps. He's someone that's a bigger body, can provide an ability on the outside to block if they ask, and maybe get a target or two a game. That's what Julio Jones is right now in his career and what he will be for this Eagles offense. But they also traded for Kevin Byard this week, one of the top safeties in football, a veteran in this league that's seen it all. If you've seen anything from the Eagles this week, it's all—it's been all about Kevin Byard. Grew up in the Philadelphia area, admired Brian Dawkins. He's using his locker in Philly now. That's another piece that Washington has to counter this week. We'll see how many snaps he gets. I'm sure he'll be out there. I'm sure he will be out there. Again, veteran in this league that's really seen it all. He doesn't need much fine-tuning or really diving into the Eagles' defensive playbook from defensive coordinator Sean Desai. Not going to need a lot of it. A little bit of a... A lot of bit of a plug-and-play player. That's what Kevin Byard is. But again, another guy 
within this defensive secondary for this Eagles team that Sam Howell is going to have to counter this week. But the key, the keys for this game, ultimately, got to run the football with some success, opens up some RPO, keep the backside of the defense honest, don't, do not allow Nolan Smith to crash down quickly on the backside on zone reads. We saw it in the first touchdown against Philly in week four. Washington sent a little smoke motion across the line of scrimmage, handed off to Curtis Samuel, and Nolan Smith came crashing down and no clue where the football was. Curtis Samuel walks into the end zone. I love that look. I love what I saw from Eric Bannon against Philadelphia. I'm sure we're going to see a lot of it this week, but he's going to have to evolve from what he showed before because Philadelphia is going to study it. And again, they have a new piece on the back end in Kevin Byard that they can rely on both in coming into the box and defending the run or flipping his hips and running in coverage and covering guys like Terry McLaurin, Jahan, and Curtis down the field. And he also isn't afraid to knock a guy's chin strap off over the middle field. Logan Thomas. Seen him involved these last few weeks, which is good to see. But he's the only weapon that Washington has right now, consistently, that 5-10 to ten yard area of the offense. Not a dynamic athlete, but just turn and catch and fall forward. That's what Logan Thomas is right now. That's what he is. Not a high, le- not a high level athletic profile. You guys know that. But he's out there, and he's taking some huge hits this year. You guys remember the shot that he took in Denver and in Philadelphia. And he gets up and plays every week. And I respect the hell out of Logan Thomas for doing that. Even though an upgrade is needed at the tight end position moving into 2024 and beyond. But run game, keeping the backside of the defense honest this week, and taking calculated shot plays for Sam Howell. Not asking him to throw 40-plus times a game. If you're chasing the football game and the defense can't stop anybody, well, you're obviously going to throw the football. But early in the game, I always say it. First three series on offense, first three series on defense, set the tone early in the football game. That's where Washington has to keep itself in this game. You cannot look up at halftime and be down two-plus scores. Can't look up in the first quarter and be down 10. You just can't. There are going to be a lot of Eagles fans at FedEx Field this week. Always are. There's always a lot of visiting fans at FedEx Field, unfortunately. But Washington hasn't given anything for you guys to say, deserves our money. They deserve us to go out there and support them. They haven't. Nothing on a consistent basis to say, this is a football team that competes every week. Not asking them to be undefeated. Not asking them to be the Kansas City Chiefs. Not asking them to be the Philadelphia Eagles. Who are, again, the early portions of the season, just like they were last year, were dominant. Not asking them to be an overwhelmingly dominant football team. But I don't think it's too much of asking them to be competitive and win more than seven or eight football games this year. But they got to get going soon. Because already you have four losses. And the schedule gets only tougher and tougher and tougher as you move forward into these next few weeks and down the line as we get closer to Thanksgiving and the holiday season. So appreciate you guys tuning in. That's going to do it for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed. We're on all podcast platforms. You can find me on Twitter and underscore Ryan Fowler. My written work is housed at Bleacher Report. And I will have an episode out for you guys on Monday morning, win, loss, or tie. 
I'm expecting Washington, hopefully, to play better this week from an execution standpoint and look like they want to show up and play. Usually when Washington plays like crap, the next week they play decent. They come out and win this football game. Will I be surprised? Probably not. Again, they've already played well against this Philadelphia team, but now it is evolving your game plan from what you showed on tape the first seven weeks to now a team that's already seen you once and beaten you once and modifying what you do on either side of the ball. Turnovers have to be limited. you got to win the turnover margin. Special teams, make your field goals if you get an opportunity. Now, if it's from 50, 53, 54 plus, that's up and down with Joey Sly. We know that. But we've also seen kicks from 40, missed. 35, missed. We saw a kick last week, blocked by Leonard Williams. We've seen snaps from Cameron Cheeseman consistently this year, on the ground. Whether it's field goal or whether it's punt, on the ground, cannot happen. Especially as a long snapper that you use a day three pick on. Cannot happen. Have to execute in all three phases and put yourself in a position to win when it comes to the final six or seven minutes in this football game. So again, that's going to do it for today. Always appreciate you guys' time. Enjoy college football on Saturday. Hope you guys had a great week, and I will talk to you on Monday. Again, 1 o'clock at FedEx Field, 6-1 and one Philadelphia Eagles traveling into FedEx Field to face the 3-4, and 0-2 oh in the division. Washington Commanders looking to get to 1-2 and two in the division. Cannot get to 0-3 oh in the division. Have to win divisional games as they are so huge and for any team in all of football. Got to win games like this, especially at home this time of the year. And I do expect, again, guys, expect Washington to play better, but execute, execute, execute the little things. Not asking them to rip it 50 times for 400 yards and four touchdowns and put the shoulder, the offense on Sam Howell's shoulders. Rhythm throws, quick little timing throws. Not asking him to read three or four progressions. You got to max protect consistently. Do it. I don't care how you do it, but keep him upright. And when Sam Howell is upright, and we've seen the first seven weeks of the season, when he has this a little bit of time, he's really, really good under center and can lead your football team to a victory. So that's the biggest thing this week. Run game. Sam Howell get going a little bit. Feed the guys on the outside. Defense. Pressure from the arm side. Whether you're coming or you're not, within those A and B gaps, you're sending corners on rat blitzes. Doesn't matter what you're doing. Be unique. Adjust what you're doing from the weeks past, especially two of these last three weeks, and you cannot have the effort that you've shown against the Bears and the Giants in this football game, or you're going to be down three scores when you look up at the end of the first quarter. So appreciate you guys as always. Talk to you on Monday. I am Ryan Fowler, and this is Commanding the Huddle. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.